Hey guys, welcome back to Better From The Ground Up. Today we are going to talk about the importance of farmer education. Every morning when you get up, you run up the flag that says balanced nutrition, and you salute it every morning. That's what I'm here to do today. That's my strategy. There's no magic program for everybody. It's about identifying what's most limiting and fixing it. So it's amazing what the crop can do when your nutrition is squared away and everything's good and adequate and balanced. Hey, Cody Goins here. Today we are going to dive into why farmer education is vital for success. So when you guys have all these decisions to make as a farmer, you have you have about a million and one decisions every year that you got to make. And a lot of those decisions you got to take somebody else's word for. So today we're going to discuss education and its role in decision making and why we believe that the best thing that you can do is make an investment in yourself and your education for all those purchasing decisions that you have to make every single year. So when you are educating yourself, one of the first things that you're going to notice is you're going to make decisions that are more sustainable. So the better you understand the soil, the soil biology, the impact that every product you use has on your soil biology and your soil health, uh, the more you're going to start to lean towards more sustainable practices. And sustainable farming is just a way of farming that protects the environment, improves your profitability, and it makes the best use of non-renewable resources that we have. So one example of that would be phosphorus or potassium, right? Um, that That's mined, and I think if you go online, you can find predictions of when those mines are going to run out. So there's only so much phosphorus in the world. Eventually, we're going to run out. You know, we're going to hope that somebody figures out a way to renew, use phosphorus, recycle it, and, and, and get it back into a fertilizer form that you can spread. But for now, the clock's ticking, and it, let's just say eventually we're going to run out of phosphorus, so barring manure and things like that. Whenever you understand that the soil already has enormous amounts of phosphorus, it's just um, it's just the the problem we have is accessing that phosphorus is breaking the bonds of calcium and phosphorus and things of that nature to actually get that phosphorus converted to a plant available form for the plant to make it up. You'll realize that there's a lot of people that are over applying the phosphorus anyways. So I've had conversations with people on both sides of the fence people that have significantly reduced or either or completely eliminated their phosphorus applications and guys that are really irate about the government regulations with phosphorus and they're like, oh, these guys are going to destroy us. We can't grow a profitable crop with these ridiculously low phosphorus applications that they're that they're limiting us to. When you start to understand how does phosphorus actually become available in the soil, how much do we need to have there to support high-yielding crops, how does that get broken down and, and transferred to the plant, the more you understand that stuff and you understand how to execute that stuff, the quicker you're going to be on a more sustainable path. And that's not only good for the environment, that's going to be good for your pocketbook. Without the education, um, without understanding how all these things work, it, it's just a lot harder. You're going to be a lot um, more hesitant to make those kind of transitions and those decisions. So we think that farmer education is, is a top priority. So ever since I started my business, I've tried my best to give growers good usable information and knowledge everywhere I go. So anytime I do a speaking event, anytime we record a podcast episode, 
My goal is to give you guys at least a couple good, useful pieces of information, things that you maybe did not know before, or even if you heard them, you didn't quite understand them. So I just think the best investment you can make is in yourself. You guys, again, you have so many decisions to make, and making decisions without in-depth information is is hard. I mean, the the more you understand something and the more educated you uh, of a decision you can make, the less risk there is. There's still risk, but there's a whole lot more risk when you don't know anything about what you're deciding on. I don't think you'll adopt a practice that you don't understand. You know, if we have a conversation with a guy, hey, we want you to reduce your phosphorus applications by 50%. You know, if that guy has no idea why we're saying that or how he could possibly not take a hit from that, I highly doubt he's going to go along with it. So it all goes back to farmer education being absolutely top of our list for multiple reasons. And and I firmly believe that's going to be the most profitable thing you do is invest in your own education. So when you, when you start to learn more about agronomy, you, whether it's plant health or soil health or uh, genetics, hybrid selection, variety selection – um, herbicide resistance. There's there's so many different things you could choose to dive into and learn a little bit more about. The more productive you're going to be. I mean, a highly educated farmer is going to be the most progressive, productive farmer. So we work with people all over the country, and it, there's there's no doubt in my mind that the the growers that try the hardest to educate themselves and understand all the things that they're doing and understand why they're doing them and why they're not doing other things, they are the highest yielding and and most profitable farms. One of the things that we work a lot with is budgets, and I, I see a lot of different things that have to be purchased on a farm. Again, like I mentioned twice already, you have a million decisions to make every year. There's so many different things you have to purchase. There's all these early pay discounts and early order discounts and financing and and there's all this pressure on you to make all these decisions and and most of the salesmen they just want you to hurry up and buy their stuff and so they can move on to the next guy right so you guys have a lot of pressure and a lot of things coming at you from a lot of directions whenever we talk about economic viability the again the most educated farmer is going to win because you're going to know when somebody's trying to sell you something that you don't need and you can actually read that product label and see what's in it and you know that that doesn't work for you or that's not one of your limiting factors and you turn the guy away say no thank you i'm not interested um he may he may not understand why but if you do that's a win right so if you guys are bombarded with with salespeople that are all trying to sell you stuff, and that's okay. There's some good products out there. There's some good good pieces of equipment. There's a lot of stuff you guys need, but there's also a lot of stuff that you don't need that somebody is trying to convince you to buy, and the, the, the deeper your education is, the more you're going to be able to defend yourself from those situations. And on the flip side of that, when something comes along that actually is good and valuable and it's going to benefit your farming operation, the, the more you know about agronomy and about your plants and your soil and what's limiting in your soils and in your plants, the more you're going to be likely to jump on the, the product or the tools that come along that are going to be beneficial for you. So I, I definitely would say that as far as your pocketbook goes, the more educated you get, the more that's going to grow, the better decision you can make. Just, just I think we all understand that 
making an uneducated decision is is risky. Um, the the other thing, if you don't have an education, if, if you don't understand what you're purchasing and why you're purchasing it, then you're going to take somebody's word for it. And maybe you get lucky and your sales rep is a very trustworthy guy and they're shooting you very straight. Um, or maybe you don't. Maybe you've got somebody that's just there to collect a check and move on. And I, I'm sure that you can kind of spot those people intuitively. It, it's that not very hard to get a gut feeling on, on somebody's MO. But anyhow, the uh, the point is... I just can't stress education enough. I think it's I think it's the number one thing that that is lacking in in row crop in production agriculture right now. There's quite a few resources out there. I I, I spend almost all my spare time reading or reading research papers, reading books, reading articles, listening to podcasts, taking online courses, going to webinars and things of that nature. So there's a lot of different things out there. The uh, Agriculture Extension Service used to be a big deal. Um, there used to be an extension agent in every county, right, all over the place. So that's not really a thing anymore. I mean, there's still extension agents in some states and some counties have a really good extension agent that can help you, but it's just nowhere near what it used to be. Um, for whatever reason, that's just kind of dwindled. So you are you're kind of left more more to yourself whenever it, it's time to figure out okay how am I gonna I, okay I want to I want to learn more about agronomy but how do I do that so there's all kinds of stuff online my caution before I get into any of this is when you get online and you start reading people's websites and reading people's blogs that's fine that's fine and dandy okay but if you read something on a website especially if it's on a piece of marketing material or on somebody's blog you should be able to go verify that what they're saying is correct, okay? So if somebody's making a claim that you're like, oh, wow, that's really cool. I didn't know that. Never heard it before. Get on Google Scholar. I mean, go to Google Scholar and type in um, what they were talking about and look for a research paper that, you know, some research that's actually been published that proves what they're saying is true. Um, or you should be able to track them down and ask for some data to verify that. So... Just be careful. If you're trying to educate yourself, um, I totally understand reading blogs, listening to podcasts. I mean, obviously, you're listening to one right now. But when you hear something that, that you haven't heard before and you're you're thinking about, if it, especially if it's something you're thinking about spending money on, make sure you can verify that what they're saying is true. When I say online courses and webinars, I'm talking from reputable establishments like the American Society of Agronomy is one. You can get on the ASA website and you can take courses. You can pay, I think they've got 10, 20, 25, $100 classes that you can take in all kinds of subjects. There's soil fertility, there's, you know, uh, crop disease. There's, there's just so many different webinars and classes that they have. It's, it's unreal. And obviously those those guys are not going to be putting up any kind of false information. So that's a really good one. There's universities now that are starting to come out with a lot more online courses and, and programs. Uh, some of those are pre-recorded programs, which are fine. Some of them are more interactive classes. But instead of you having to go to college, you know, sign up for college courses like you're going to go back and get another degree, you can just take an online course in one one subject. So I think Purdue maybe had one that I saw recently that was um, that was pretty cool. The um, American Society of Agronomy. I'm on their website right now, and if you look at 
they've got K through 12 resources. They've got membership certifications, career development, education right here, online classroom subscription, on online classroom. If you go to the American Society of Agronomy, which is agronomy.org, and go to education, you can get down to online learning, and you can access their online classroom, or you can look at the catalog. And what you can see on their course catalog is just tons and tons of courses. So they've got articles that you can purchase. They've got some podcasts. They've got some webinars. So here's one webinar, Adopting Proven Cover Crop Agronomics and Field Equipment for Long-Term Success. There's another one, Agricultural Carbon Programs, an overview of current offerings and market uncertainties. Um, there's another webinar, Agronomic Implications of New Planter Technologies. So there's this is a, a very reputable web reputable website, and I'd highly recommend that for educating yourself. Uh, just of the, there's a lot of them out there. That's just one that comes to the top of my mind. And again, I think Purdue maybe had some uh, Purdue University started. Let me see real quick, Purdue University online agronomy. Um, 100% online agronomy courses, online agronomy certification from Purdue. So yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's a lot of that out there. Those are great places. Um, a lot of the stuff that we get into with our customers is a little bit more in depth than the basic agronomy, but it, it starts with the basics, right? So when people are like, oh, um, where'd you learn all this at? You know, oh, I went to SIU in Carbondale. Um, that, that's fine. You know, that's good. I learned a lot there, but what they taught me more than anything was the vocabulary, right? So a lot of growers, if you're a grower and you're sitting in a meeting, um, especially if you're listening to me talk, you know, a lot of guys come up to me afterwards and they're like, Hey, that was great information. I appreciate it. I pretty much understood it, but some of that stuff is over my head. Um, you know, there's some, there's some terminology that, that is used in agronomy that is, you know, not just common knowledge. And I, I, I say again that when I went to SIU to get my agronomy degree, I learned the vocabulary more than anything. You know, CEC, what's that mean? Cation exchange capacity. Okay, what's that actually mean? Um, base saturations. Um, just There's just so much different stuff that um, th- that as a grower, you you might hear it but not know exactly what that means. And I spent I spend tons of time reading – you know, back in the day, so ten years ago, when I when I got really deep into stuff and in, into the microbiology world and things like that, I would read a lot of research papers. It, pretty often, I would come across a word that I didn't know what it meant, and um, you know, like a genius, I googled that word and and read the definition, and then I was like, oh, this actually makes sense now. So I would highly encourage that if you're reading stuff, if you're listening to a webinar or a podcast or, or anything like that, and you don't know a term. Write it down or type it in your phone real quick and look it up. You'd be amazed at how much more you can retain knowledge and information when you just look up a couple definitions of words that you didn't know the definition to. Anyway, so there's another um, – here's here's a classic for you. Um, books, actually. There's information in books. They do still exist. I think there's even still some printing presses in the country, um, maybe somewhere. I don't know where they are, but I think they're out there. Um, I still buy books, and you can buy those suckers for like $2 a lot of times on Amazon. Um, one of my favorite books is a Soil Microbiology and Ecology, or in bio, Soil Microbiology and Biochemistry book, um, and I got it for $2. Um, nothing wrong with it either. So 
It's got some great information about soil microbiology. It was written back in 19, it was the second edition from 1996. So um, I recently uh, ran into a professor at a speaking engagement and, and he was like, oh, my, my student that just got his PhD, he's the, he's the leading expert in biologicals. Um, And I was like, okay, yeah, people haven't been writing books about this for 40 years or anything. I'm sure your 26 year old knows it all. Um, Anyway, I'm not salty about that at all. It just happened, and I'm fine with it. But um, books still have a lot of information, and one website that you can go to is the American Phytopathological Society. Um, That is one of my absolute favorites. So APS, um, APS, American, nope, not that one, American Phytopathological Society. Let me figure out what their website is phytopath yep there we go um apsnet.org um go to aps home you can go to publications you can sign up they even have some online courses and stuff um this is one that uh i i picked up from paul bodenstein uh reading the uh, aps books so they've they've got some absolutely phenomenal books on um, diseases so obviously the uh, phytopathological society is focused on pathogens um, and things of that nature so they have they have some great publications i i I can't recommend them enough it may be a little bit dry if you don't love this stuff then then um, it's something that you could definitely put on at night and fall asleep to Um, i read it i like it i get excited about it but i'm weird like that so you guys might not might not be on the same in the same boat as me but the APS is good. Um, there's other books out there. The, the the I like books that are published, peer-reviewed research type books with lots of research information in them. There are some just books written by people that are self-proclaimed agriculture experts, and while they might have a lot of good information, um, I I'm just careful with it. I, I listen to a lot of people and a lot of ideas, and I like listening to people and ideas and and you know thought leaders. In agriculture, in in regenerative and sustainable and organic, and um, you know, I, I I love diving into all that stuff and listening to what people have to say. But as far as what I put the most weight in, it's obviously more peer-reviewed research type publications than just um, someone who's really well spoken um, their their opinions on things. So. There's local workshops you can go to. Um, there, there's not, there's not. It feels like there's not as many of these as there used to be. There's farm tours, you know, a lot of co-ops and stuff have have field days and stuff. But I mean, let's be honest, most of that is just geared around selling stuff. You know, they're trying to sell hybrids, they're trying to sell varieties, they're trying to sell chemicals, um, they're trying to sell products. So a lot of that's just um, a lot of that's sales oriented. So I wouldn't really classify that as super educational although there might be some things you come away with from some of those meetings um obviously podcasts you got podcasts it's just like i said earlier if you're gonna listen to a podcast try to verify what you're hearing um if you're not going to spend money on it then i guess who cares you don't have to verify anything but if you hear something that's intriguing and it's going to lead you to spend a dollar Make sure that you can verify what what you heard and what you're interested in, what you're about to write a check for. So universities and colleges, I already mentioned um, I went to SIU in Carbondale, loved the school, and uh, I went there for one particular 
person, um, one professor, and he left right before I got there, so I didn't even didn't even get to take classes under that guy. But I did make some really good connections there, and um, you know, so that that's one great thing about going going to school and getting a degree is you you can actually stick around after class and bug your professors and I did that a lot um, some of them loved me and some of them probably were pretty annoyed with me um, they're like why is this kid want to stay after class and talk <laughs> they all just I thought they just wanted to go home and party um, and I did eventually but you know not at, not till I asked my extra questions so I, I would I would find professors that seem more open-minded and more progressive. And whenever I would hear things, I would ask them, hey, what do you think about this? Have you ever heard about that? And sometimes you'll find professors that are like, oh, that's interesting. I don't know. I've never heard of that. And some of them just think, no, if we didn't discover it at the university, then it's not a thing. Um, you know, if that's real, we'll tell you about it. You're not going to tell us about it. So um, <laughs> you just have to kind of look around and find um, find the people that you click with that are interested in being progressive. So college, again, is a great thing. Going further in, past your bachelor's, getting your master's, getting your Ph.D., obviously there's there's lots of benefit in formal education. But to me, again, it was just a ma- just in, just as much about the vocabulary and the and the foundational knowledge as it was anything. So really, to me, a bachelor's degree – a bachelor's degree doesn't make you an expert. It, it just doesn't. Um, it, it gives you a solid foundation. If you pay attention in class, you know, and actually do the work, it'll give you a solid foundation, but that's about it. Uh, from there, there's years and years of experience that need to be had and further educate, education, self-education to continue to build on that foundation that you get at college. But anyhow, so there's there's that's most of the formal stuff um agricultural publications there is all kinds of peer-reviewed research google scholar is one of my favorites if if you don't know what google scholar is you're welcome in advance just type in google scholar go to google scholar type in whatever you want to look up okay so just a quick example if i go to google go to google scholar how funny is it that i actually use google to Google Google Scholar. Um, so go to Google Scholar and a little search bar pops up and you can type in whatever you want. So humic acid on corn growth. Boom. A million results. Peer-reviewed stuff. Effect of different levels of humic acids on nutrient content and growth of corn. Role of humic acid in improving growth characters of corn under water stress. Effect of humic acid foliar application on growth and quantity of corn and irrigation withholding at different growth stages. Humic acid on germination and vigor of corn seeds. Um, and the list goes on and on. Stimulation of plant growth by humic substances. So what's funny is you can see some of these, like that one I just read, that was published in 1976. Um, so my dig at the professor that said his PhD student was, was the world's expert, I'm like, yeah, this this stuff's been around for 50-plus years, bro. Um Sorry, but he's not the leading expert. Nobody by themselves is the expert. Um, but anyhow, that's off track. Um, Google Scholar, if you want to read something, if you hear something and you're like, is that true? D- just because it's not on Google Scholar doesn't mean it's not a real thing. So I don't want to make that impression. But it's always nice to check first. Uh, that That's my go-to, right? If somebody tells me something and I'm like, hmm, never heard that before. 
that's interesting and logical. I'm going to go to Google Scholar and I'm going to type it in and I'm going to see how much research has been done on it. Um, and again, there's some things that have not been researched yet. There's no peer-reviewed research on. There's some facts that people know that you won't find on Google Scholar. So I'm not saying that if it's not on Google Scholar, it's fake or it's a lie. I'm not at all saying that. I'm just saying that it's a good tool to use uh, to check information and verify information in a lot of cases. So there's there's so many things out there. You know, most of my growers that, that I work with, they're like, that's why I have you. You know, I don't want to read books. I don't want to take, you know, webinars. I don't want to you know, listen to podcasts even. Uh, well, maybe maybe they'll listen to podcasts in the tractor or the combine, but they don't want to go to class. They don't want to read books on it. They don't want to, um, you know, sign up for webinars and things like that. And frankly, a lot of them don't have time. So um, while I think it's very important, very important, I also understand that Sometimes it's just not feasible, and you got to have that guy or that team of people around you. You got to have two or three guys that are your go-to guys that help you uh, problem solve and help you continue to push yields and profitability. So I understand that, but I say if you ever find yourself with free time, the the best recommendation I can possibly make is is invest in your own education. So. There are there, – there's not a lot of challenges in America that you're going to face finding educational resources. There's just not. I mean there's there's so much out there that's free. There's just – if somebody tells me, oh, I couldn't find any information on that, um, you know, it, odds are that you didn't look very hard. So the, the only barriers to education that I see and that I – that I understand, um, not that I see and know all, but I, I, I would say the vocabulary is probably number one. When I listen to some presentations sometimes, you know, and I'm like, oh, cool, that was really good information. Well, 12 years ago, you know, I, I you know, a lot of the a lot of the terminology that's getting thrown around 12 years ago, if I just sat through that webinar, I wouldn't have known what it meant or that presentation. I wouldn't have known what those words meant either. Um, it's only because I'm deep into it. So the vocabulary, I would say, and the terminology is the is probably the biggest barrier that a farmer is going to have when they do some of these – if they if they start doing some of these educational things, the courses, uh, reading some of the books and things like that. But it's just taking the time to write that stuff down if you don't know it and look it up and, and get familiar with it. And you spend a couple years doing that, you will be amazed at, at what you learn. That that's one reason that we started a research farm is because I've learned so much the past five, six, seven years that I'm just dying to put it out there and show people um, myself where I have control over what's going in the planter, what's going in the sprayer, how how deep and uniform was the seed planted, all those kind of things. Um, but if you spend if you spend just a little bit of time every month educating yourself. Uh, you'll never regret it. You'll never look back three years down the road and be like, oh, that was a waste of time educating myself. That was stupid. Um, that ain't going to happen. You, you're going to, you're going to realize like, wow, I, I can make a lot more educated, better decisions now. I'm, I'm turning things away that are not going to be profitable and I'm adopting things that are. It's just a matter of deciding how important that is to you, whether you want to do that or not, but I cannot recommend it highly enough. So we have we have a lot of customers around the world, and it's very common for me to 
get a phone call from one of my customers and they're going to be like, oh, hey, guess what? I'm like, what? And they're like, this guy came by today and uh, he was trying to sell me this. And I'm like, and? And they're like, well, we looked at the label and we told him that, sorry, but that's extremely weak. That's diluted and and your price is way too high. And, uh, you know, there's other scenarios where uh, somebody will come along and, and they'll be selling, trying to sell a product to one of our customers and, and the customer will, you know, they know why they don't need it. And when they challenge the salesman and say, oh, well, you know, that's not a limiting factor for me. Mine's actually at 110% every year. Um, you talk about stopping a salesman in their tracks and just watching their jaw drop or, you know, it, it's really funny to watch people um in those kind of scenarios, but it's just so common for a lot of our closest customers to, um, you know, instead of having to sit and listen to a sales pitch and mull it around and decide whether they give it a gamble or not, um, they already know if, if something's likely a, a good idea to try or if it's not. So that that's that's probably my favorite thing about um, those are some of the highlights of my life. Um, there's a lot of stressful stuff that happens running a business. Um, but that, that's a fun one. You know, when I get a phone call and hear a story like that, um, and, and sometimes it's the opposite. So sometimes the guy's like, Hey, uh, this guy came by selling this product. Can I send you the label and you tell me what it might be or what's in it? Uh, you know, if it's something that might be beneficial, sometimes I see a product or a label and I'm like, Oh yeah, actually. I mean, yeah, let's try it. it. If it works as advertised, that's good for us. We need that. Um, if it doesn't work, then then okay, it doesn't work. That's why we don't go do the whole freaking farm um, on on something. You know, we I always tell my guys if you're a twenty five hundred acre farmer, your trial, you know, your trial should not be more than two hundred acres. Um, my goodness, like you, <laughs> I, I've always been amazed at at farmers who they're trial is the whole farm or half the farm um on a product i'm like man that that uh i thought money was tight man (laughs) um but anyway sometimes we see a product and and my growers that i work closely with um that are self-educators you know they they see something and they're like oh hey uh, that that'd be good because we have this problem right and i and they call me and we talk about it and i'm like i'm so proud of you you're right (laughs) that is that is something that might benefit us um so that that's just there's just a couple quick stories and examples of of how the education comes into play in real life and um i guess i shouldn't bash salesmen um you know but uh it's just what comes to the top of my mind because <laughs> I've seen some shady characters out there peddling product real hard. Um, but again, not everybody's that way. Um, not at all, but, but there's some out there, but that's my favorite thing is when my growers, when I can see that, Oh, Hey, these five years of us having all these conversations, um, over and over and over, uh, they're retaining this and they're benefiting from it. That that's my favorite. So, as you can see, I'm very, very biased towards farmer education. I think it's the best thing since sliced bread. And the 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 impact that you're going to have, the impact that that's going to have on you if you continue, if you choose and continue to educate yourself year in and year out is just going to be, it's going to grow every year. So again, there's tons and tons of, of different options out there of how you can get more educated on any given subjects, the APS for pathogen-related, disease-related stuff, 
the American Society of Agronomy for general agronomy stuff, soil fertility, um, things of that nature. And and then there's podcasts, there's things like that. If you are looking for something specific to – if there's a problem you have or an, an area of interest that you have, um, feel free to reach out to us, and, and we can give you some recommendations. So our website, ROIbiologicals.com, we've got a blog. Um, there will be a blog post on there, the, the podcast is obviously meant to be just an educational resource for you guys that are listening to this. And we we have a lot of different – there's so many different things that you might be interested in or might be struggling with that if you, if you don't know where to go, if it's something that I didn't mention, if there's a problem you have and I didn't mention uh, a resource for it, feel free to shoot us a message. Get on Facebook and message us or get on – you know go to ROIbiologicals.com, go to contact us and shoot a message and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. You got any resources uh, where I could read up on this or – you know, or listen listen to a webinar or a podcast or something. Um, and if we know the answer, we'll absolutely point you in the right direction. So, again, there's a lot lot to choose from. There's a lot of information out there. Be careful. Uh, you know, be leery of the marketing and the sales information only. Um, product flyers don't count as educational content. Be careful with that kind of stuff. Be careful reading somebody's website and their sales information. Uh don't 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 misconstrue that and think that that's educational. Use use peer-reviewed, published information for the most part as your starting point. But again, got any questions? Reach out to us. Shoot us a message on Facebook or email us through the website. You can even call the office and and ask for me, and I'll get back to you within a year, guaranteed. Um, just kidding. I'll get back faster than that. But uh, but. For real, reach out if you have any questions. Thank you so much for listening and tuning back in to Better From The Ground Up. 